First of all, Dad, what did what did you say when when uh, Mark was saying there's a chance that you could die from COVID? I said there's a hundred percent chance that everybody's going to die of something. Mm-hmm. True enough. And it doesn't bother me if it's the COVID or whatever. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. I'm here this week in Stephen Manuel's house of origin, the place where you grew up, and we're sitting here with your parents, Roger and Linda Manuel. And we were just eating dinner. We were enjoying some Free Birds burritos. I think it's the first time in my life I haven't been able to finish one. That means you're growing up. That's a good. That's a good thing. I'm reaching weos maturity. That's right. That's maturity. If you if you eat a whole Free Birds, does it mean you you can't uh, that you're not a weos? At some point, it means that you're growing up that you can eat the whole thing, and then when you get even more mature. You don't eat the whole thing. Got it. Yeah, that's how it works. But we were sitting here talking about stories and health stories, and your dad shared something with us that made me go, man, that's rare. That's a rare perspective in the current cultural moment when everybody's worried about leaving their house because they'll catch COVID, and potentially there is a risk that they will at some point die. And your dad told us this story, so I said, man, we should record that and, and grill grill your father. So, well, well, welcome to the podcast, Roger and Linda. Thanks. Yeah, glad to be. First of all, Dad, what did, what did you say when, when uh, Mark was saying there's a chance that you could die from COVID? I said there's a 100% chance that everybody's going to die of something. Mm-hmm. True enough. And it doesn't bother me if it's the COVID or whatever. Yeah. Because I'm a Christian. You don't care how the Lord takes you? No, I don't care. You don't have any preferences, wishes, dreams, opinions? Not really. You would, know. You, would you like to freeze to death in Siberia? Would that be a good way to go? Uh, no, I wouldn't want to do that now. <laughs> I've always thought if I could go, if I could choose my first choice, it would be holding a broadsword and like some sort of, you know, 15th century noble battle. Yes, but that I, seems unlikely. I, I also uh, fantasize of some glorious demise. I would trade Preferably, a lot of pain uh-huh. for a fair amount of glory in my death. Uh-huh. But really? if that's not going to happen, then... Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, martyrdom was the most would be the most glorious way to go. And possibly one of the most painful. But in that, that, and that, that could happen in our lifetime. Uh, sure. That could sure. happen. But it's the, only, it's the only kind of death that comes with an eternal reward. So why, why not shoot for the stars and go... Hey, Lord, if you're looking for martyrs and a certain number of martyrs have to die in my generation, take me. I, I mean, there's a, there's a very good reward coming. 
So, so it says Revelation. Burn at the stakes. I don't know. If you, let's talk about burning at the stake. So Fox's Book of Martyrs. This is really going a certain direction I wasn't expecting, but you can go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm, in, I'm interested in this stuff. So, so, you know, my birthday is on Halloween. And, and as the people who, who kind of hang out with me in Cincinnati know, I get really interested around Halloween. And the reason that Halloween is Halloween is because it's the, it's the evening before All Saints Day. And All Saints Day is when we celebrate and commemorate all the saints who have died before us. Mm -hmm. And we ask the Lord, would you give me the kind of endurance in my faith so that I will die like these faithful saints of old? I want to die like my Aunt Cindy. I want to die like my Uncle Jimmy. I want to die like uh, Peb Smith, believing in the Lord on the last day. You know, Fox's Book of Martyrs is full of just stories of martyrs. Here's how these people died. Here's why they died. We're reading um, um, Live Not By Lies. Great stories of martyrs in there. And so anyways, I, I think of something like burning at the stake. And I know it would be horrible, horrible, but, but how long? 20 minutes? Maybe 20 minutes? Two hours? It would be, that'd be a horrible couple of hours, whatever the time limit not is. two hours. No. No, not two hours. Because you, you're gonna inhale you're gonna the smoke out. And, and everything, and the it- pain, It'd be horrible. Yeah, it'd be horrible. But, but what, how, what, 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 an hour? Five minutes. Five minutes of, of incredible pain and for what? Eternal rewards forever. Whoa. I'll take it. But I don't think you have to die like that to get the eternal No, reward. but you have to die like that to get the reward of being a martyr. Yeah. Stephen, well, he was stoned. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure he felt pain. He just saw Jesus. It's, it's from what we understand, it sounded quite glorious. Maybe God could do that for you burning at the stake. Maybe he could neutralize the pain. That's right. Fox's Book of Martyrs. He certainly is, could. Yeah, he could. But Fox's Book of Martyrs is full of people who are experiencing well, excruciating I mean, if, pain. If the Lord would grant me the way that I would like to die, yeah. well, I'd just like to go to bed in my old bed in there. <laughs> And wake up in heaven. Well, uh, let's start with the, the, the story that got this conversation going. So here's what happened. Dot, dot, dot. We're going to jump over some from narrative here. And dad was told he's going to have to have open heart emergency, open heart surgery. So now he's getting prepped for surgery the next day. The nurse comes in. She sees you in your uh, in your room, and she's trying to get you get you ready. And tell us about that conversation. Yeah. And mom, you keep him honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. She came in and said, uh, "We're we're going to prep you now, and uh, I'll come back in after a while because." Uh, we're going to get you early in the morning to to really get you started for the heart surgery, and so tonight we want you to have a very good night's sleep. And uh, she said, "So I'll come in about uh, nine thirty or ten o'clock, and we'll uh, give you a shot so that you can you can go to sleep." And I said, "Well, I don't 
think I'll need a shot. And she said, well, it's a very dangerous operation, and most people are very stressful about it. And I said, well, I'm not stressed at all. And she said, you're not? And I said, no. I said, I'm a Christian, and if the Lord wants to take me right now, that's fine. Uh, the next heartbeat. And, uh, and if, is Dad typically a warrior, Mom? Would you say you'd call him a warrior? No. No. No, I, I, <laughs> I never have worried about that uh, since I became a Christian. And uh, even when I was overseas in Korea and all, I, I saw death and, and uh, I was shot at. Uh, I wasn't hit. And, but if I had been, uh, it wouldn't bother me at all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. But if you're getting up a load to go right now, well, I'd rather wait. But uh, anyway, the nurse uh, said, okay, I'll come in and... Uh, and I'll see you then about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I said, well, if I'm asleep when you get here, don't wake me up. So anyway, uh, sure enough, I watched some television. I think Linda went, went on home, and, and uh, I rolled over there, closed my eyes. And the next thing I remember, it was uh, the next morning about 4, 30, 5 o'clock, and they came in and started prepping me and the nurse said, well, I came in and you were sound asleep. And I said, yes, ma'am. You think back to that and you look at what's happening right now. I, we've talked about it a couple times on the podcast, but it seems like people are generally pretty afraid of dying or maybe they haven't tangled with the inevitability of death. So when something happens and a lot of young people, this is the first time, you know, my generation hasn't really in broad scale seen war we haven't seen big uh pestilence before uh we just haven't seen it you know we didn't go off to to wars overseas we didn't go to vietnam we didn't go to korea things like that so this is the first time people are seeing it i think a lot of folks both young and old i don't think it's confined to my generation i think i've talked to plenty of people who are in their 60s and 70s who are also terrified of the prospect of dying right now when you see that and you think to to that and kind of think about what's happening now what's your perspective i wish they knew the peace that that jesus gives um time is in his hand and he names the seasons he names the times for everyone and they you just have a peace like like you've never had before. So I just wish people had had faith and, and could could see that Jesus Christ is the decider of life. I agree with Linda. I mean, uh, as a Christian, I think that uh, we shouldn't worry about uh, when that time will come. Uh, only the Lord knows uh, the date that we're going to leave this earth and go to our final home in heaven, and uh, I, I really, I really think that uh, to worry about it is is not any good whatsoever. It's in the Lord's hands, so I, I think that uh, once you uh, put your life into Christ, uh, Christ's hands, there's nobody or anything on this earth that can can take uh, take you out of his hand and and 
I would just encourage every young Christian, medium-sized, old Christian, uh, whatever, uh, just leave it in the Lord's hands and don't worry about it one way or the other. So how old were you when the when the heart surgery happened? I think I was about uh, 55. Okay. Because the first thing I thought was, you know, I I don't worry too much about death, but if I do worry, it's mostly thinking about leaving little kids. Um, you know, when we're traveling as a family, if we're all on a plane, Mm -hmm. I don't think twice about it, but if it's just me, (laughs) then I I sometimes get a little hitch in my, in my gut thinking, well, I hope this goes fine. Did you always have the same even keel level of peace about death, or did it evolve as you got older? No, I I think that I've always had that uh, from from the time that I accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, which was I guess I was a junior in high school, and since that time, I mean, I, it's never crossed my mind about. Uh, when I'm going to leave this earth, and I'm 80 now, and my folks died uh, when they were in their 50s and 60s, so I, I'm not going to get out of this world alive, but it doesn't bother me at all, you know, because when we leave this place, we're going to go to a much better place. And uh, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, hey, uh, that's all you need to do. And uh, don't worry about uh, the future he does hold the future in his hand and uh, you got to realize that let me let me ask you both the question you, you both talked about the, the the peace and confidence of knowing that God holds your life in his hand so I'm going to read a passage that's that might be familiar to some people but maybe not to others in this context so this is John chapter 10 starting in verse 27 and Jesus says My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, he begins this section by saying... You know, you don't, he's talking to the Pharisees, and he says, you don't believe in me because you're not my sheep. And he says, my sheep listen to my voice, they follow me, and nobody snatches them out of my hand. And I wonder if the, it's not definitely obvious in the passage, but I wonder if Jesus says, um, you don't believe because you don't belong to me. Maybe the, some of the belief that he's referring to is what he's talking about at the end. You don't believe that nobody can snatch them out of my hand because you don't belong to me. Yeah. You don't believe that no trouble, now this is Romans 8, no trouble or hardship or famine or sword or persecution or trouble or trial or demon nor height or depth, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And if he says in John 10... No one can snatch them out of my hand, period. And then he looks at you and says, you know, the reason you don't believe is you don't belong to me. Would you say that trusting the Lord for your life and death 
an eternal future is part and parcel with being his? Oh, yes. Definitely. Absolutely. 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 You have to trust him with everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything. I think a lot of people just trust him that if and when I do die, I trust him that he'll take me to heaven instead of hell. But not trusting him with when I die. That's right. How I how die. How I die. Um, what happens to me between now and then? Did I reach my little goals? Mm -hmm. Did I live for pleasure or live for him? Et cetera, et cetera. And again, these books that we're reading right now, whether it's Fox's Book of Martyrs, Live Not by Lies, et cetera, I I'm really convinced um, that we have to get our heads around the, the possibility, the possible reality that we will suffer for him. And if you're worried about how and when you'll die, you, you want to you run as far from trouble and trial and persecution as possible. You want to be insulated in feather wrap so that nothing bad happens to you. Have you, have you all lived your life that way, running as far as possible from trouble and hardship? No. <laughs> no. It, it, in fact, I think sometimes it, it, it you know, jumps up on you before you even know it. But, you know, just sitting here listening to this, it reminds me of, of, the, uh, of the old poem, The Valiant. Cowards die many times before their death. The valiant never taste of death but once. Of all the wonders I yet have heard, it seems to me most strange that men should fear, seeing that death, a necessary end, will come when it will come. And if you have faith in Jesus Christ, hey. He names the day. He names the date and the time and the place. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know we were going to get poetry on this podcast ever. But I could do my little by by memory too. It just came. Let came me just to make mind. a comment about that, and then mom wants to mom wants to say something. But but you know in in Revelation twenty one, I'll look it up so I can so I can do it exactly. But it, it says that those who trust him will, will will partake in eternal life. They they will be part of this eternal river of of life. But it specifically calls out. But the cowardly and unbelieving, they won't experience it. That's kind of a, that's kind of a concerning little passage there. That's right. And, and the Bible makes a big deal about the fear of death. It says that death is the last enemy to be destroyed. And, and, and also says we're not those who shrink back from death. That's right. But we're ones who believe and are saved, and we're ready to die for him. Absolutely. That's part of the deal. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's appointed to man once to die, and after that, the judgment. And, man, I think, you know, we aim our, our little podcast here at men, and you talked about groups of men, what a good group of men looks like, and one of the things a good group of men will do is call out yes. and expose cowardice. That's right. And that is not what you're hearing from no. almost anywhere. I can think of a few places I'm hearing it, and I'm thankful for them. But when looking at the way that the church even, forget about the world, is responding to the, the pandemic and things like that, mm -hmm. I 
covet to be a part of a group of men that would say, quit being a coward. Uh, don't, don't fear death. That's sin. Not, not just, not just, Hey, that's, that's going to make you unhappy and feel bad, but you're sinning and you need to repent of it because cowardice and what we're seeing from you here, that leads to actual death. Yeah, that's right. So I'd go so far as to say it's treason against the master, right? Because you're declaring that you don't trust him. That's right. So I'll, I'll say this. Here's what I see in evangelicalism largely. And I'm talking about the last nine months of all quarantining, COVID, blah, blah, blah. What I see is the church affirming people in their anxiety, their worry, and their fear, patting them on the back and go, you know, your fear is really, it's rational. It makes sense. It's just like the lady that came into your uh, hospital room and said, if you're afraid of dying right now, we'll give you drugs because that totally makes sense. And you said, well, in my worldview, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's against the kingdom that I'm a part of. Well, what's been happening this year in 2020 is churches who are patting people on the back and saying, if you're worried right now, it's okay that you're, we're going to be a safe place. We're going to cushion everything a little bit more, put some more padding around you so that you don't feel upset with anything. And well, I'll, Mark, you're just saying guys need this. So fellas, I'm reaching through this podcast. I am grabbing your, the lapels of your shirt and your jacket. And I'm telling you, don't be a coward in Jesus name. Don't be among those who are shrinking back from death. It's a shame to our king for you to act that way. And, and I don't care if I step on some people's toes. It's womanly of you men to act like that. That's womanly of you. Women should be women and men should be men. And, and a man is not somebody who shrinks back from death. So I'm going to read this passage and I'll turn it over to you, mom. I'm gonna, I got to read a few extra verses from this section of, of Revelation 21 because it's so exciting. Here, here it says, He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. And then he said, Write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Amen. Those who are what? What was the word? Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. What a passage. What is that passage? Uh, This is uh, Revelation 21. 21 So there's this, uh, I read verses 5 through uh, eight. It's great. So there's this crescendo of glory in this passage, and then it ends with him sticking his finger in your face and saying, but if you're cowardly and you're vile 
and you won't follow me through your pet sins and your occultic practices and your sex that's so precious to you, mm-hmm. I, you don't have any expectation of taste and victory with exactly. me. And he's like, lean in, be bold, be like Raj and say, kill me now. Do what you got to do. All right. What do you got, Mom? Well, this isn't quite so deep. Okay. It's all right. Lighten it up. Everybody's, it's been a little heavy up in here. Said the robin to the sparrow. This is a poem I've known for a hundred years. I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around with their viruses and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father. Such as cares for you and me. <laughs> they just don't know. Their, their fear says that they don't know God. They don't know. Yeah, and I'll, tell, and I'll tell you something else. If you feel separated from God tonight, guess who moved? He is steadfast. He never, ever changes. And he loves us in spite of ourselves. So, again, just trust him, have faith in him, have trust in him, and don't worry about tomorrow. Let's just take care of today and be the Christian that God wants you to be. Yeah, that's great. Stephen, you, I remember, because I was going through some weird, concerning health stuff for a few weeks there, and I was telling you what I said earlier, that you know, I'm not really afraid of the dying thing specifically. I just, I'm asking the Lord not to leave, let me leave my kids alone. And you said something to me that has stuck with me big time. You said, do you think you would do a better job of taking care of your wife and kids than the Lord can? Uh, that's pretty, that's pretty audacious of you. Yeah. And I, I thought, well... That's true. I guess if he took me out, he could do better He'd for them. He'd have to figure out what to do with your family. But there, there's nothing wrong, though, with with our prayer being, Lord, let me live to see my children grown and able to take care of themselves. That's That was one of my prayers and Linda's prayers from the time our kids were born. Mm, yeah. That's well, that's a point, though. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a death wish. Right. That's right. We're not we're not asking the Lord. Stephen's the only one here asking the Lord that, that he would be burned at the stake. Um, yeah. Like I said a while ago, if you're getting up a load to go tonight, well, I'd rather wait. It's like John Wesley's story. He said, oh, that's not my house. The story I told oh, yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. He said, that, well, I don't even own a home. They said, yeah, we saw it burned to the, it, it's burned to the ground. He said, oh, I don't own a home. He said, now God gave me a place to live, but if he wants to burn it down, he'll find me another place to live. Amen. That's great. And that would be, if, if you're gone, yeah, God he'll will he'll provide for, for, your, yeah. for your children and your wife. That's right. Well, yeah. and I, I would be quick to say to that for anybody who feels that way, because I know that's the case with a lot of fathers. They're trying, they're, they're, they think they're being reasonable, that... I'll put some padding around myself because that's the way that I can protect my children. I, I just say, and, and this this thought isn't original to me. I don't know if this came from Jim Elliott's, um, um, uh, Elizabeth Elliott. I don't know who this came from. It didn't come from me. Um, but which is the better legacy to leave to your children? A father who is 
as the Bible says, always counting the cost, who's always very careful. We can't be bold or aggressive. We can't trust God through death. We must, we, we must be afraid of death at all times. Or a father who died young and died full of faith and zeal for the Lord. Wh- which of those carries a better legacy for the generations? Yeah. It's, a, it's a hidden life. I know we've sung the praises of that movie several times, but there's a scene where the main character is talking to his wife about this, and she says, can't you just say say that you're going that you will uh, take the oath to Hitler and you don't have to mean it. And he says, well, what would, what would that make us for our children? What would the, what what would we be leaving them if that's what their father was? And I think it's the same with what you're saying. Um, you know, we've talked about this more than once on this podcast I, I don't want anyone to feel like we're trying to beat them over the head or shame them. Uh, I think we're helping people. I think this is very present. But I couldn't listen to the story of your dad, who didn't just puff out his chest and say, I'm not afraid. He he slept peacefully in the yeah. face of death because he knew that he was in the Father's hands, and you can't fake that. I can't, when I'm balled up in anxiety, I can't just drift off to sleep with a smile on my face. So I, I believe that your dad had something that would just be really valuable for anyone who's listening to here tonight. It won't be nighttime when they're listening to this. I think our, our listeners are pretty much on it at release time at about <laughs> 7 a.m. Yeah. But On the Wednesday morning run? On their runs. What do you have to wrap us up? Well, I did have a thought, actually, because um, it's not often that we would end a podcast this way. Sometimes we bless our listeners and just feel like we have a, a, a spiritual blessing to give to people. I, I feel like, uh, I just feel like this this subject is so ubiquitous among among believers right now, again, because the church is affirming you to be afraid. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is such a common, um, it's... It's a common problem right now. It's a common sin. I would call it even a besetting sin against the church right now because it's becoming ingrained into the way that we think. It's becoming part of church culture that we think that being sick and sad and being worried, we just think that that's okay with God. And I'm here to tell you it's not okay with God. And so... um, I, I, I would like to, if you want to, I'd like to pray for you. So if you'd, if you'd be willing to join with me and agreeing with me in your heart, um, if you're on a run, you could whisper this under your breath as you're running. That'd be a good idea, too. But I'm just going to ask the Lord for some things and uh, invite you guys to say it with me. So, Lord, I, I thank you that you, there is no fear in your heart and that fear has no home in your kingdom and that you tell us over 300 times in the Bible, the most reiterated command in the Bible, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. And I thank you, Lord, that you conquered the spirit of death. You put it under your feet and you crushed it when you raised from the dead. You destroyed that thing. So it has no right to rule over me unless I personally invite it to come rule over me. And so, Lord, right now, I want to repent and break all agreements that I have with death 
and particularly a fear of, uh, I mean fear, and particularly a fear of death and every kind of concern for my life. That's, that very thing is mentioned in the scripture. A fear for your life. Care for your life. And God, I want to grow up in learning how to be careless with my life for your kingdom's sake. That I would be, I would never think, oh, I don't know if this is the right career move for me because look what could happen. Well, look, if I think this is what the Lord's leading me to, I'm going in faith. I'm rolling. We're going to do it in faith. I'm not sure that this is the one I'm supposed to marry. This I've got some reasons that this doesn't seem perfect. You know what? If I feel like this is the Lord, I'm starting to move in faith. And I believe that when I move, Isaiah 30, 15 says, when you turn to the right or to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I believe that my community around me could grab me by the collar if I'm doing something stupid or foolish or godless and say, don't walk through this door. But God, we got to get bolder about walking in faith and not walking in fear and concern about what might happen. Um, I had a man that uh, told me one time, he was prophesying to me, and he said, Stephen, you cannot think, what if this isn't God? You have to think, what if it is? And you have to, you have to move in faith, thinking, what if it is God? And what if I would miss him because I was, because I was faltering in my steps? So, Lord, um, we ask that you'd give us the kind of boldness that you want out of your people, this victorious thing that's described in Revelation 21. And we ask you drive out of us that cowardly, sickly, sappy, half-baked boy version of following you in some kind of Sunday school way. We want to grow up into men, the kind of men that our hero Jesus was, who looked death right in the eye and said, not my will, but your will be done. So Lord, I ask this for our listeners, that you would bless them. I ask even as they're listening to this, you'd undergird, strengthen them, and they would grow up into old age. They'd be like my dad saying, my life is the Lord's. I'm ready to go whenever he's ready. And Lord, would you, would you, we, we, we all agree in asking this together. Would you make the church a fearless bride that pleases you. She's pure. She doesn't have any of the stain of fear on her. She trusts you. And uh, thank you for this, Lord. Bless you all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with, uh, with uh, the manuals in the, uh, around the kitchen table in Houston, Texas. That's right. And if you are just now getting your first taste of Roger and Linda Manuel, and you're thinking, man, I'd like to hear those two share some, some stories, Go, go scroll back through the yeah, episodes. Family stories. There's a couple of them. There's some great, some great uh, stories. Those have been some of our big hit episodes. So treat yourself. All right. See you from Houston, Texas. This is Stephen and Mark and Roger and Linda for Abraham's Quality.